At Meridian Audio, we deliver extraordinary experiences. We create moments that bring people together, forge shared connections and make unforgettable memories. Don't just take our word for it. Experience audio as it's meant to sound. With a visit to our Cambridgeshire HQ, it's the home of high-res audio. Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home, the podcast that's produced by the Home Integration Community for the Home Integration Community. My name is Jeff Hayward and in this episode we look at two businesses who have taken quite different paths into the industry. We'll find out what's working for them and how they're growing and sustaining a business in home integration. There'll be plenty of insight and practical advice on offer. We'll also be learning about the market for home integration in Kent, the Garden of England, How similar is work here to business in London and the commuter belt counties? What are the opportunities and what are the advantages for a local business that's tuned in to its community? Welcome to The Integrated Home. Today we're podcasting from the Lilford Gallery in the Cathedral City of Canterbury. This gallery is one of the leading galleries in the southeast, featuring works by established artists as well as new and exciting talent. And we're delighted to be here. I'm joined today by two senior members, Alex Jones from Potter Home Digital and Gavin Baker from MyCarta. Welcome to you both. Thank, Thank you. you. Alex, do you want to tell us a little bit about your background and Potter's Home Digital? I've actually been there for 18 years, um, believe it, it or not. It doesn't look old enough, does it? So um, I started there as a Saturday boy. Um, prior to that was actually work experience with GCSE uh, level work experience placement from school. Um, I was offered a Saturday position, as said, um, and stayed with them during college, then university, and then became full-time thereafter as a sales assistant, sales manager, general manager, and then became a director when we incorporated from an old partnership um, to a limited company in 2013. Um, And it's now run by myself and Lance Hopley. And you're based in Tenterden? And we're based in Tenterden, Kent. Right, okay. What is Tenterden? For anybody who doesn't know, just describe Tenterden. Tenterden is a lovely, picturesque town, um, well known for Chapeldown Vineyard, and uh, is a very sought-after destination for visitors. Very good. Okay, pay it a visit. Gavin, what about you? Thanks for having me. My name is Gavin from Macarta Limited. We're a custom installation company based here in Kent. Uh, Very different to Alex. We don't have a permanent showroom or anything like that that we sell from. So we are out on the roads meeting architects, interior designers and clients that way. Um, Myself, I've only got three years of experience in the industry. Uh, Macarta is one year old as of last week. Um, And yeah, we're just looking forward to to moving forward and looking for the market in Kent. And what's interesting about both your companies is that really the market is Kent. You don't do any work up in London or am I wrong? Do you do much stuff outside of the, the county? Uh, we do. We work with, closely with a couple of property developers in London and some private clients. Um, so, so yes, we do. Um, but we also have a large client base in Kent, um, led partly because of the showroom. So that tends to lead to more local business. But of course, with the scope and the nature of custom installation businesses, the projects can be from local doorstep um, to London and obviously further afield. 
Okay. And what about you, Gavin? Very much the same. We have a client base that have uh, properties in London, Surrey, Essex, etc. But Kent's become our focus because of obviously this is where our, our geographical base is. Um, what tends to happen is we work with housing developers, architects, interior designers that don't just have a portfolio of clients that are based here in Kent, but a lot of them tend to be. Um, it's become our focus because obviously travelling costs and the saturation of other custom install companies in those areas seems to be quite high. So what I'm trying to do is, is to drive our business through Kent because I feel that it's a, it's a huge market for us. And is it different? I mean, if you've worked up in London, you know what the London market's like. Would you say that the, the type of property is obviously quite different down here, I'd imagine? Absolutely. I would say that the both the property is different and the clients are different. Um, in London, it's a much lesser educational uh, conversation and a more what would you like uh, conversation whereas in Kent they have no idea what's possible and I think that also comes from a much earlier stage where architects and other construction professionals um, are even less aware of what's possible so in London architects will be more familiar with our industry interior designers are more familiar with our industry whereas it whereas in Kent it's the learning curve for them what do you think that is, Gavin? I think it's, it's all about education. It's all about also there is what we call, for want of a better term, a lot of old money down in Kent. Mm. There's a lot of people who have, have retired down here from London-based jobs. We see a lot of retired accountants, a lot of retired architects, for instance, that retire down here to buy a period property, to buy an old host, host house to uh, convert or a barn to convert, for instance. And we see a lot of... Uh, that you know, traditional builds wanting to be retained and I think home automations and, and some of the smart controls that perhaps we work in it's been a very much a third or fourth fault when it comes to to building them and renovating a property whereas now as, as a senior accredited presenter one of my jobs is to go and educate architects and interior designers on what we do and what's possible and how it can actually fit into that level of architecture and building so it's very much it's all about education really it's kind of a it's a big learning curve. Um, various governments promising, you know, fibre to every home. It's 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 exciting for us because at the moment that's not the case, and we are finding, you know, even up to thirty meg can be a difficult uh, balance sometimes. Which in twenty nineteen is a bit of an interesting uh, thing to come across. Absolutely. I mean, that must affect you terribly, doesn't it? It, it, it does, but then there's um, opportunities for business there as well. Um, it, it's up to us to educate customers in what's possible. Four um, G uh, has, has helped with this satellite broadband. Um, microwave broadband um, it's utilizing these different options seeing what's available in that exact location of, of an individual property and then bringing all of these incomings together using data loading and actually combining and delivering the best we can um, uh, so it's an opportunity as well and in terms of the type of property you talked about host houses some of which I'd imagine would be listed properties how do you work in that sort of environment? Because that must be quite challenging too. It can be restrictive, but it's all about working with the, either the builder or the architect that's planning um, the you know the renovations. And it's very much um, leaning on our knowledge of which brands are, are suitable, which options, again, like Alex mentioned, which options are suitable for that specific house. So it's very much a design-led process and making sure that we understand what's possible from an uh, installation's perspective, but also what we, you know, what um, rules and premises we have to follow when it comes to a listed buildings. So it's very much a, a constant design process. But it's not all old buildings. You get contemporary developments get contemporary, too. Contemporary, we get new build, large renovation. So yes, there, there is a diverse sort of uh, range, but um, there are more listed buildings around. <laughs> <laughs> and how does that work? Particularly if you're 
doing home cinema projects, how easy is it to, to work in those sorts of properties with a, you know, I want to build a, a perfect room inside what you've already got. How, how easy is that to achieve? So they come in, they come and ask for, I'd like a cinema room put in this room. Sometimes the logistics of that room just aren't possible. You know, the ceilings potentially could be too low. The the way the room's set up just doesn't work. And it's again, it's very much a case of spending time with the client, potentially selecting a different room, even sometimes saying that just things aren't possible. So it is, it is very different to the Surrey and London market where most things are possible or can be done. Um, it's very much a, a consistent meetings with your clients and making sure that you know they're very much uh, educated and then they understand what's possible and what's not. It's, it can be very difficult. Correct. And the, the only bit I would add to that is I do find personally uh, we sell a lot more media rooms um, compared to some cinemas, if you agree. Um, just due to that exact problem. So we will be, rather than just saying, nope, you can't do that in here, let's consider a media room approach rather than a dedicated home cinema and having that blend. Um, We talked about some of the Oast House type projects. I think there's one that you've been involved in, which is actually a Reba House of the Year. So not all Oast Houses are 14th, 15th century, are they? No, absolutely. It was more of a... um, the renovation inside was enormous and, and the, the level of work that's gone into that building is incredible and the, the client understood and continues to understand the level of, he, he wanted a level of automation that was possible had there been a huge amount of design and work done and the design and the, the hard work was put in early doors with the client and with the architect to make sure that everything was possible at the end. It, it, I keep leaning back to this design process and it's absolutely key in what we do in Kent, I feel, and, and quite possibly across the rest of the board as well, but it's very much education, design, and then implement. It's very much those three steps are uh, you know, for, at the forefront of every single one of those designs and builds. And because of that, would you say that the actual process from introduction to a completed project tends to be a bit longer than it might be in London? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a case of these builds do take time, the renovations do take time, people have to consider a lot more um, what they're doing and where, like we were talking about with the media room and cinema room change up, it can be, you know, they, they come in one idea and it takes some time to just bring them round to what what's possible and what's necessary. What about uh, finding business? You talked about it being a lot of old money in quite a traditional kind of market. Presumably, if you do get an architect or designer on board, that's a great asset. And presumably, there's quite sort of strong local communities that people are connected into for referrals. Yeah, absolutely. I think architects and interior designers down this way are key for us because they have, when um, a lot of people move out from London and Surrey to come down to the beautiful green areas of Kent and buy some land or buy a property to renovate, what tends to happen is they will go to an architect or interior designer to, to reshuffle the home or to give it a bit more of a of, of their own kind of spin on things. And having those architects and interior designers um, educated by us through the CDR credits presenting we, that we do and offering CPDs is very key because it gives us that entry into potential clients that we you know we may not come across and we've come across recently with some of our tenders that we put out and some of our clients that we met that Surrey and London companies are actually tendering down this way um, because obviously someone's moved from a you know a huge property in Surrey that cost X amount of money and they've managed to find a property potentially slightly larger for more of their money down here but they bring in uh, you know the company that they found locally down this way so it's it's a fight from our perspective to, to educate as many people locally as we can to make sure that our names across every single uh, architect and interior designer's lips when they come to designing properties. And I guess with Potter's being a, a kind of retail front as well you must be quite embedded within local community business groups and 
even connections like galleries and, and stuff who could refer business on to you. Uh, ab- absolutely. And um, the helpful fact that we are also a Bang & Olufsen showroom and classified as Bang & Olufsen of Tenterden um, does bring in a, a certain pool. Um, we have been in our current premises for 30 years. So yes, are well known, um, have a great reputation. Um, and we can take customers along the journey from the first step through the door, understanding or not even knowing the terms. We talk about home automation, smart home, but they're just coming in because they know they need a television and something to listen to some music through and actually taking them all the way back to that design step, which um, for us it is the key, but also the hardest challenge. A lot of the time people do come in too late, especially with a showroom. The worst is they come in and they say, we've just put the final lick of paint on and the wallpaper's done. We now want to put this in. That is something we get because we have a showroom, which probably you never get because they, someone who's approaching a pure CI company, I'll call it, um, like, like Evans, is, is probably not at that stage. Mm. They're, they're, yeah, they're absolutely. It, it's one of the challenges we don't face as much. Um, because again, we're trying to get into that very early state. You're absolutely right. But I can imagine from a perspective of a shop, it's because it's the last thing to hang on the wall. The television or the speakers would be one of the last things to put on. So it has become one of the last thoughts. And again, we, I heart back to education, but educating interior designers and architects and end users about the uh, necessity to have us in at that design stage when the house is being designed before, you know, before any brick is laid and before any, any groundworks are done is very much key. Absolutely. So being based down here or being based in the regions generally, you could probably transfer this across to wherever you are in the country. If you're in London, you've got stress, you've got traffic, you've got all those headaches. Here, it's much more relaxed, isn't it? I mean, look at you, relaxing, smiling on the sofa, (laughs) calm, stress-free. It's and it makes for a nicer drive to some clients' homes when you're just driving through a nice casual A road through the back roads and you're enjoying your drive to work rather than being stuck with tail lights and, and people beeping and all kinds of all kinds of issues. But it's very much uh, it's the Garden of England for a reason. There is there are green fields and, and wonderful roads everywhere and it does make for a slightly better uh, experience when you drive into a client's house. However, it comes with its challenges, which is sometimes they're down off the beaten track. If you buy a property, for instance, a converted barn, predominantly on farmland, you could have issues with various bits and pieces on the way there. But it's, it's, it's a beautiful place to live. And it's, yeah, it's fantastic. This is why a lot of people will move here to either retire or, or come and spend their money on a property. We call it their forever home. It's one of the terms that we use. And it's kind of, it's, it's a big, big, big thing for, for Kent. I, I, I agree with that. The challenge of uh, the rural areas is the weather. Um, so when it snows down here, it's a big problem and jobs have to get cancelled, um, which creates a backlog. Uh, <laughs> but um, oh. yeah, that's sort of the only thing. Oh, what would you say you prefer uh, in terms of dealing with this type of customer? Is there is it is does it feel easier once once you've got through that first education process? Would you say? No, I think the education is the first step and then there's the resistance, I think is the best way to use it. There's a resistance to, is this correct? Is the information I'm getting correct? And I mean, Alex has the shop front, which is, you know, I think a plus in that sense where you can sit people down and give them the experience of what it feels like to to sit in a room with a surround sound with a 4K television, for instance. Whereas um, some of our clients that we've we've educated and discussed with have then gone to a John Lewis or a Curry's and 
you know, a local sales guy who works in there on a on a Saturday, you know, like a Saturday boy, like perhaps Alex was many many years ago, um, will be selling based upon what John Lewis or Curry's have said to him. So it's very much a case of the education process is step one. You then have to give them the opportunity to really understand why the products that we choose are the ones that we choose and that gives them the best experience. Good. Uh, thank you. That's enlightening. AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors, bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com. So it's hot seat time. Gavin has kindly been volunteered to go under the spotlight. Thank you, Gavin. Uh, Alex, your interrogator in chief, are you ready? Absolutely. Okay, let's go. Gavin, what job would you do if you weren't an integrator? I was a chef for 16 years, so I think I would return back to being a chef. Give me one technology that you're looking forward to seeing at ISC 2020. 8K televisions. What superhero power would you most like to have and why? Flight so that I could at any given time take a holiday. Pick one product or service that has helped to transform the way you do business. That would be cinemas. Which F1 driver would you be from any era? Schumacher. I used to love how he used to get his elbows out and cause havoc. What would you say the key to your success is in three words? Planning, tenacity, uh, loyalty. What new technology would most transform your business? I'd quite like a Tesla. What's the best movie you've seen this year? Avengers Endgame. Tell us a secret that no one knows about you. I'm a Chelsea fan. (laughs) What would you choose for a Christmas present? A Chelsea season ticket for life or a Damien Hurst original from the Lilford Gallery? It'd have to be a Chelsea season ticket and I'm sure I'd regret that. The world of connected home technology is changing fast. Make sure you're ahead of the innovation curve with a visit to Integrated Systems Europe. The show takes place at the Rye Amsterdam 11th to the 14th February 2020. Use registration code 434078 for free entry to the show. Visit iseurope.org. So we talked earlier about the local market here in Kent. Now I'd like to talk about where your businesses have come from and some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. Alex, Potter's Home Digital started off as a a retail business. And how did you get into the home integration side of things? Sure. I think it was a more of a natural progression with the desire and the request from uh, that retail purchase where customers are requiring assistance in actually setting up products um, and do not just want to take away a box, but want the setup and delivery, would like the after-sales service. And, um, and as our industry grew and with different products and different um, areas of integration, um, the custom installation sector just naturally grew. And presumably you started just offering the custom service out of the retail showroom as just like an added value service, but... Has it got to a point where they're almost run as two separate entities now? Absolutely, and you're right. And um, I would say in the early days, the the sort of stepping stone products was home cinema, of course. It was Lutron, 
um, being a Bang & Olsen retailer, uh, their collaboration with Lutron in the early days was, was very strong. Um, so that gave us a good Lutron background from a, from a very early um, standpoint. Um, and I would now say that the retail side of the business is a much smaller percentage than the custom installation side of the business. The showroom, as I now call it, from being a shop, has more changed to become an experience center. It's where people can come, explore what's possible, uh, backing up everything Gavin's saying about education. It, it, it is that story of this is what's possible, what can we do for you? And utilizing the showroom and the spaces within to educate people and give some wow, give some amazing uh, experiences with products rather than just saying this product is that and this product is this. Um, uh, and, and that's where the shift of a shop to a showroom plays strengths for us. And how many sort of uh, showroom areas have you got within, within the retail um, part of the business? Is it just one cinema you've got or have you got more than that? Yeah, we have a dedicated whole proportion of the showroom, the right-hand side to Bang & Olufsen with their merchandising standards and requirements. It is dedicated to Bang & Olufsen of Tenterden. Uh, the left-hand side is more of a multi-brand um, area focusing on multi-room audio, televisions, uh, soundbars, the more sort of um, everyday retail products as I would call them. We have a more distributed audio and Lutron lighting area in, in the middle of the showroom with some other concepts from uh, mirror TVs, frame TVs, um, and some sort of cabinetry out there as well. There's a dedicated home cinema at the back. Um, and then we do, we are fortunate enough to have a small garden, being the Garden of England. So we do have a small area for outdoor um, audio. Um, where we have um, some landscape series products out there as well. Very good. So you get a nice sort of variety of what they can experience and presumably that, that kind of broad appeal to different customer tastes as they walk in is, is quite Absolutely. good. Absolutely. We can tailor the experience depending on the client's requirements. Very good. Okay. Mike Carter, where did you come from? Ours has a slightly different tilt on it compared to Potter's Home Digital. We are a company that's just one year old. Uh, myself, personally, I've been in the industry just for three years, so not so long, certainly not as long as Alex. Um, myself and my two business partners, Ryan Rockley and Adam Austin, started Makata, as I said, a year ago from the ashes of a now-deceased company, no longer trading. We decided to start our own company despite having offers from other people to go and join them. We decided to, to stick as a three to uh, continue on the work that we felt we were doing within the previous company that we were working for. We feel that we offer every facet that we need to do in the custom installation side. So my expertise is very much business development, Adam's is very much programming installation, and Ryan's is very much bespoke programming and installation. So we have all three sides of a business within custom install that we need. Um, since we've started the company, we've managed to pick up many, many clients locally and, of course, in, in Surrey, London and Essex, as I mentioned before. Um, we have a variety of clients from shops to offices to Reba House of the Year, which we're continuing to support. Um, we also have housing developers and private clients as well. So we've, we've already got a great catalogue of clients. And how easy was it to retain some of those clients out of the ashes of the company that no longer exists? Were you able to do that? We were in some cases, absolutely. There were some, there was certainly some challenges in regards to retaining some. We had some issues with clients who had ongoing maintenance contracts, etc., that we've managed to retain uh, and offer them the same type of service. Some of our clients are in the middle of installation, some are at the very beginning. We're very lucky that some of the clients that we've taken across 
Um, we're at the beginning of installation, so we've managed to retain those and continue and move on with those, which have been fantastic. We've offered an identical service with an identical quality of installation and, and design and build, which is something that I was very keen to do. And with my two colleagues that I work with, they are, you know, I, I consider them at the top of their game and I'm very, very happy to be working with them. And our clients are very happy as well, which is always good. Always good. And you're sitting on a sofa here with a, a competitor. So um, you haven't beaten each other up yet. Do you get on? I mean, do you collaborate? Do you see yourselves as competitors? How is that? I think from my perspective, just recently at the CDU Awards, myself and Alex um, met. We've, we've met a few times in various different um, stages across both the previous company and when I've been at Macarta. And I think we had a good conversation with regards to what happened to me previously and where I was going now. And I think what we kind of understood quite quickly is that although it seems to the outside world we may be competitors, we have skills within our business that Alex can tap into and use with Adam, Adam and Ryan, who are I consider again experts in their field, and vice versa. I have the ability to tap into Alex's fantastic uh, set of people that he works with, and also set of products that he works with, because we feel that we have such a great collaboration with it when it comes to workforce and products that we actually seem like competitors, but we've never come across potters on a tender to a private client and we don't come up, you know, we wouldn't go after the same architects and interior designers that they're already working with. So it's become more of a collaboration, which is interesting for an industry which is so fraught with um, competitiveness and, and tendering packages, for instance. So Gavin says that, what do you say? What um, I love about our trade is particular distributors and uh, manufacturers bring sort of these like-minded individuals in our sector together on these fantastic trips and uh, experiences. ISE is, is a great example of that. And um, if only we all work together more closely, our industry would be stronger. Uh, and, it, and it's something that I truly believe. And I'm grateful for these um, distributor trips for exactly that reason. I go on these trips to not only uh, make friends, but to learn more about our, our industry and how and how we can collaborate more closely. And that was exactly why I approached Gavin at the CDO Awards um, and wanted to invite him to the showroom, which he did. And now we sit here today, um, uh, friends and not competitors. And it's working together. It, it's it's having that trust of if a proposal fell on my table, saying Makata and a client said, "Here's a shopping list. I want you to beat it." What I would do is call Gavin up, and not just strike off a number on, on the bottom line. And, and that's where I believe we can strengthen our industry. And I guess the education story, it's really important because here we are in Canterbury, it's quite a long way to the nearest showroom from here that a distributor might make available to you. But actually, I mean, Potter's there is actually a great way to educate and say, this is what I'm talking about. Absolutely, and very. I want to echo what Alex said there was the case, if, if we take a client to the showroom, I have no worries at all that Alex and Lance won't be going, oh, there's a, there's a client of Gavin's there we could potentially get the name of and try and have a chat with. It's very much, it's a trust thing, but equally the education process works both ways. So we're trying to educate our clients, but equally myself and Alex have got shortcomings in our, in our knowledge and we have potentially some issues that we've come up against in installs that perhaps potters haven't or vice versa, that we can actually start to build a better company for ourselves individually and together by looking at each other's work or discussing things. You know, we go out for a drink or we go out for a coffee or we sit and meet for a lunch or we go and show someone on the showroom and we pick up various things that, oh, did you hear about this? Have you heard about this new driver? Have you heard about this new software, etc.? It's very much, we play off each other's 
strengths and weaknesses. There are areas which can, we can all improve in every area, but equally there are areas that we're strong in that we can offer advice. One of the biggest uh, problems that I think small companies will face is the feast or famine pipeline thing that goes on, which I'm not sure there's a lot you can do about, where you've got like sort of five projects on it to go and then suddenly you've got zero and I guess building these relationships helps with managing that as well. Would you say that's going to be a benefit? Absolutely, it can only be a benefit. Um, an example right now is it is the mad season. Everybody wants systems and solutions finished for, for peak and Christmas. So we are leaning on Makata for some of their experiences uh, and their resources to help us on projects um, as we are fully stretched. Uh, as you exactly say, give that three months, it could easily swing the other way and, and we'd be happy to lend our services as required. Um, we, being a retail establishment, are a little bit more fortunate that we can uh, play on the retail element. We have Black Friday, Cyber Monday just passed. That is a big period for us. Um, so, so we can drive footfall and drive business using these, these different areas. From your side, Gavin, that's, that's quite a, a bold and open relationship to have with an, with a, another company um, what about other services that that you can make use of you talked about cinemas in the in the Q&A which I know is is growing in popularity as a VR service and I presume there are other things that you can make use of that that are out there to help you Absolutely. I mean, Cinemas is one that we were very early adopters. We met um, Simon from Cinemas up at EI Live and um, very, very small booth. Simon's a really nice guy, really quiet. And we sat there and we had a look through and we thought this is something we need in our business. And the reason why is because we don't have the luxury of a showroom or, or a shop front. Being able to take some of our designs, some of our cinema or, or media room designs to a client's own property, popping the headset on, walking them through almost literally what the, the room has in it, um, what's possible. Clients can really then buy into that design and they can kind of see their own room turning into something similar. We found a good upturn in media room um, sales because of that. Um, it's given the clients an ability, instead of traveling all the way to say Pulse Cinemas or Acoustic up in Surrey or into London for one of our other integrators, I mean obviously now I can use potters as well, but very much you know people like to be in the comfort of their own home and being shown pictures and things, but the VR headset has given especially the older clients, a real grasp of what we're trying to do. Excellent. Okay. Um, so um, what would you say have been the most important lessons in business that you've picked up so far? I think having a, the trust between yourself and the client and not taking too much from the client and not delivering enough. And I mean that from the very basic of senses, which is regarding design, which we've spoken about regularly through our conversations today. But having a design that's in-depth, that gives them the... the cabling designs, given the positions of televisions and sockets and keypads and everything like that, giving them real in-depth design they can use and they can understand and really, after many, many conversations and I'm sure hours of dialogue with the clients, they really can see a picture of what their property is going to look like and it's, it's especially in Kent with some of our clients, we've found that's been invaluable. So having the, the trust between yourselves and the clients and delivering the design that you said you were going to deliver rather than some short, you know, un, you know, low on quality design that perhaps some people in, in the past have delivered. We try and be as in-depth as we can when it comes to, um, like I say, positions for everything. So the client can really see um, what they're getting. And then even 
all the way down to something as simple as deposits. We tend to take, with having no premises, we obviously have no storage. So what we tend to do is we take things like deposits for equipment, which are then delivered to the clients. So they have that equipment with them before we come and do the install. Obviously, it's, it's, if it's a huge property, then we order as we go, of course. But these smaller kind of media rooms, things are delivered. People understand they've paid for what they've had delivered, so they're not out of pocket. They've got their... Um, they've got their products sat there with them. So there's no real risk to the client with regards to if we decide to take a three week holiday to Barbados with my new flight uh, superhero, uh, then I can, I can just, they can just very much, they're, they're safe and we're safe. You know, we have a margin to play with, with regards to some of our products and they're very much in a position where there's, there's a trust built with them. There's a, there's a, a real security. Then there are two interesting points there, um, Alex, perhaps you'd like to comment. I mean, one is that expectation of a level of professionalism that you're probably used to more in London than perhaps in the regions, but actually it's important to still have that, to be professional about your business. Would you say that's important? I would say it's important, and the biggest thing I can say here is this is the strength of a showroom. Um, having that showroom instantly gives you that. Gives you credibility straight Absolutely. away, doesn't it? It yeah. does, I'm afraid, yeah. And the second point that I thought was interesting there was just talking about that kind of clarity around what are you paying for and a schedule of, of payments so that people know what they're doing, when they're doing it, which is all part, I guess, of that professionalism as well. Yeah. Um, for us, the stages with a client is sort of detailed in, in, in our conversations at point of engagement or point of contract. Um, the biggest challenge that we, we actually find here is it, is the project timings. And um, it, it, I, I don't really like the word delays, but it's the changes in, in, the, in the projects. And it catches clients out because the property developers have their date and time frame and, and they believe that our industry can work within their time frames and can complete under the hammers and hard hats of everybody else, when in reality, we all know it's just not possible. What we need a finished property to actually be able to complete. And, and that's a big challenge. And it's, it's having the opportunity in some instances to actually tell that to a client, because when it is dealing with just a property developer, it's very hard to get that across. And the type of property developer you have down here, are they, do they tend to be like uh, quite sort of niche, maybe have doing like five or six nice houses and and that may be it in the sort of time frame of a year and then maybe another one sort of next year. So. Exactly that. I mean, our, our Kent work with developers does tend to be uh, smaller plots, um, dwellings from, say, 1 to 15, 20 maximum, um, where we will take each individual house from a design perspective on plan and put in a minimum of, say, just in a wiring infrastructure and then give options on top of that and, and deliver those over that time frame. And different projects will come in at different times um, with the various property developers we're working with. But it's all with the vision of design, education, and adding value to what these property developers are doing. You working with these chosen selected property developers to add value to their offering, not just to sell them product. Um, Gavin, you talked about educating interior designers and architects as a, a CDSCOI. Um, presumably you're talking to property developers as well who are a bit further up the chain, but perhaps, I don't know, less open about wanting to be educated. Absolutely. I mean, I have a great example of just two weeks ago, myself and my business partner, Ryan, we sat down with a housing developer um, and we spoke to them about what kind of infrastructure they were using. 
and very interestingly, the young sales guy who called us in for the meeting then brought in his managing director who was, to say resistant would be a soft term, um, didn't understand it, didn't understand how he adds value to his properties, is looking to be in the market between one and two million with regards to developing. So it's right in the market for some kind of smart home automation, whether it be lighting or whatever it may be. And he was very resistant. And there was very little we could say about bringing him round to the way of thinking of designing the properties with smart home automation in mind, because I was trying to say to him about cable infrastructure is key. And as we were saying before, a finished property without any infrastructure is rendered almost useless to what we want to do. And very much educating him on having the infrastructure, he was extremely resistant. He could see the cost extra for the cable, but couldn't see the the, the saleability of the house towards the end with that level of automation in the home. And do you think you'll ever be able to square that sort of circle for a developer? Absolutely, I think, and it's becoming more they're knocking on our doors rather than we're knocking on theirs because they're actually being asked for it now. It's being driven by homeowners who are seeing these products in other properties now and um, uh, the youth of today just expecting it as normal. I think one of the key things to think about as well is there is you get more for your money in Kent with regards to property. So when there are people, for instance, families moving out from the busyness of London, wanting to be somewhere a little bit rural, and as we mentioned regarding the travel links, from Ebbsfleet down to Ashford, the, the travel link on the train is incredible. So what we're seeing is more and more uh, bankers, more and more accountants, more and more you know high net worth individuals bringing their families to Kent they're coming from a property where home automation has perhaps been the norm. They come to Kent and they buy a lovely property and nothing's in there and they have an expectation. Um, and I think over the next few years, I think companies like ours will see a big push for that to become the norm. And I think we're just a little bit further behind Surrey, London and Essex, I think because of that natural progression, there is a, there's obviously a faster progression up there. So you've got the high-speed train connection, you just need that high-speed internet connection now, don't you? Uh, uh, absolutely. One follows the other, I'm sure. What advice would you have for other integration businesses who are outside of London? The, the main advice I give is we all need to be educating uh, those in the construction industry of what's possible, what can be done, and how we can add values to properties. Um, that's, that's the key. If we all work on that same path and that continuous effort, our, our industry can only grow. In, in the right way, rather than being a bundle fight. Um, and there is enough work out there for us all. It, it's just maximizing your opportunities within those different areas. So working with these key property developers, creating a real unique partnership and adding value to um, what, what they are offering um, by using you. So we, we, and I love the term, the technical partner. We work and partner with our property developers as their technology partner. And that's how we are phrased to the clients that they are potentially selling these properties to. We work with a local home automation partner who deals with all your home technology. That's their added selling point. We just deliver it for them. And we all need to have that mindset. Sounds like a recipe for success. Absolutely. And I think as myself and Alex have done, is open our doors to each other to discuss you know, various issues we come across, whether it be small nuances in control systems or lighting um, design issues that the people have come across and just really educating each other, which then will obviously continue to grow the industry and continue to grow the quality of education within our industry to, the, like Alex was saying, the building sector, which is, 
you know, in London is very progressive and very much thought of, but it's about opening each other's doors and just having a chat and sitting down and having a coffee with fellow professionals, I think is absolutely key to growing your business. Isn't having a retail offering and a CI business a bit of a split personality? Absolutely. And it's a, a challenge and a big, big challenge at times, um, mainly down to staffing. The having that space requires retail staff and being free to sell. And it's very difficult at times when you may be the only one in the showroom and you're focusing on an in-depth system design or you're writing a, a detailed multi-page proposal and you're suddenly shifting your focus to discussing a cash and carry retail sale with maybe a max value of £500,000 and then having to have that mental shift instantly to of course deliver customer service deliver that experience that any customer coming in our showroom would expect but then very easily being able to finish that transaction and then twist right back into a multi-complex system design Uh, and that's a big challenge. One thing that retailers often talk about with their customers is that the, the customer is somebody who keeps coming back. They build a loyalty with the, the, the retailer and by definition, I'm sure that's important to you in the, the custom business too. It is, both, both customer and the, and the retail. What we do find as well is we may just have a customer who initially is a retail customer who then ex- experiences and learns what is possible and over time becomes a customer installation uh, client because they didn't know what was possible. They've just walked in that showroom because they thought they needed uh, this one item, which they may purchase, but then experience what is truly possible. And they might then come and do a large renovation or they might do a new build in the future and they've remembered us and they've come back. A lot of our clients will have gone to um, their friends' properties and they'll have a couple of Sonus players based in a kitchen and a living room. They'll have an inbuilt Alexa, for instance, into the Sonus One and they'll say, Alexa, tell me a story or whatever it may be. That to them can be an automation product when really it's just, it's, it's rendered useless in regards to actually having any functions. And what I tend to find is you'll have some clients call us up and say, well, can I have an Alexa put in, can it control my TV, can it control, it's just, it's obviously not as simple as that. And it's really, again, circling all the way back to our education discussion before is, Educating them that the retailers are there to sell you a box to put in your home. We're there to sell you a solution to make sure that your living uh, arrangements and the way you, you know, your experience at home is at that quality level. Okay. Um, what about managing service agreements? I mean, you've been in business a long time, so you've got quite long-standing relationships with customers that have got long-standing service relationships as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have to have a multi-tiered service uh, structure um, because it may just be that individual who has a warranty on a television purchase that we need to uh, sort of cater for. On on the flip side, a, a large project that does have a more detailed maintenance contract with remote support and um, you know, forward-thinking uh, systems to pick up problems before they become problems. Um, so there are different tiers throughout uh, our entire business, from a simple retail purchase through to uh, maybe a Bang & Olsen client through to our home automation clients. What about you, Gavin? Ours is a slightly different take on that. We have some projects that we perhaps haven't done the full install for. We have uh, a slightly smaller um, 
base of people to call upon. Therefore, our service agreements tend to be, again, in a tiered system, but equally we have a lot of remote access and obviously networking devices such as things like Demots have given us a great ability to now look um, into someone's property and, and try and fix some of those issues without being on site, which gives us a huge, huge uh, capability to continue looking after servicing and maintaining various different clients. Very good, thank you. Thank you, Gavin and Alex, for your contributions today. And thank you once again also to the Lilford Gallery for hosting us here. Pick up a bank seat if you do pay them a visit. Remember, we're available free on podcast platforms everywhere. If you're enjoying listening to what we have to say, then please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at IntHomePod, on Facebook and Instagram at Integrated HomePod, and on LinkedIn at the Integrated Home Podcast. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of Meridian Audio, AWE, Sony and Integrated Systems Europe. We are a Wildwood and Alfie Media production.